0: Thank you so much for those kind words of introduction. I must tell you that I'm delighted, very pleased, and really happy to be here. You look good. (laughs) You know, the weather is good. Rain stayed away, and I'm happy. It's good to see each and every one of you. fellows Harvard University, members of the board of overseers, members of the alumni board, distinguished deans, members of the faculty, and all of the students, all of the wonderful graduates. And Madam President, thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for getting in good trouble, (laughs) necessary trouble, to lead this great university. I want to take just a moment to honor the tenure of a great leader who through her courage and vision worked to lead this historic university to even higher heights. Madam President, thank you for being a friend But more importantly, thank you for using your office to move Harvard toward a more all-inclusive institution. Somewhere, somewhere along the way, you realize that the brilliant mind is not confined to one discipline or one way of thinking in fact, true genius, see connections and relationship across barriers to build a new understanding of the world around us. Creating One Harvard is much like the work I dedicated my life to. Ever since, as a young girl, you wrote a letter to President Eisenhower. You have been responding to the cry for human dignity that rang out in our world. You use your vision, your talents, you use the great resources of this university to respond to the call. And I said, thank you. Thank you for your contribution to human unity in our world today. And I said to each and every one of you they graduated from this university. You must lead. You're never too young to lead. You're never too old to lead. We need your leadership now more than ever before. We need it. We must save our country. We must save it. We must save our democracy. There are forces in America today and around the world that are trying to take us to some other place. Our foremothers and our forefathers brought us to this place. Maybe our foremothers and our forefathers all came to this great land in different ships. But as the late A. Philorandolph said on one occasion, we are all in the same boat now. (laughs) And we must look out for each other and care for each other. You're never too young or too old to lead, to speak up, to speak out, and get in good trouble, necessary trouble. You cannot afford to stand on the sideline. Another generation of young people and people not so young were inspired to get in, in the way. Students from Harvard, graduate of Harvard, Dr. Cole, who I've been knowing for many years, came to Mississippi, came to the South, and gave everything you had. During the 63 young men that I knew, Andy Goodman, Mickey Scherner, and James Shaney gave their very lies while they were trying to help people become registered to vote. The vote is precious. It is almost sacred. It is the most powerful nonviolent instrument or tool we have in a democratic society and we must use it. If we fail to use it, we will lose it. So during this election year, I urge you, I plead with you to do what you can to save and rescue America, to do what you can to save the planet, save this little spaceship we call Earth, and leave it a little cleaner, a little greener, and a little more peaceful. For generation yet unborn, <laughs> we have a mission and a mandate to go out there, play a role, and play it so well, as Dr. King would say, that no one else can play it any better. You know? Some of you have heard me say from time to time that I grew up in rural Alabama on a farm. Picking cotton, gathering peanuts, pulling corn. And sometime I would be out there working and my mother would say, boy, you're falling behind. You need to catch up. And I would say, this is hard work. And she would say, hard work never killed anybody. I said, well, it's about to kill me. (laughs) We need to work hard. There's work to be done. These smart graduates will lead us. The high school students will lead us. And guys, I said to you, if you're not mindful, the women are going to lead us. It is my belief, it is my belief, it is my feeling as I travel around America that the women and young people, high school students, elementary school students, and college students will lead us as part of a nonviolent revolution. And we will create an America that is better, a little more humane, And no one, but no one, can deny us of that. I just want to say one or two words to the graduates. Take a long, deep breath and take it all in. But tomorrow, I hope you will roll up your sleeves because the world is waiting for talent, men and women. To lead it to a better place. During the 60s, people literally put their bodies on the line. Many came from this university, came from Cambridge, from Boston, throughout the state, and throughout America. Just think a few short years ago that black people and white people couldn't be seated together on a Greyhound bus or trailway bus, leaving Washington, D.C. to travel through Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi. We were on our way to New Orleans to test a decision of the United States Supreme Court. We were beaten, arrested, and more than 400 of us were jailed. My seatmate was a young white gentleman from Connecticut. We arrived in a little town called Rock Hill, South Carolina. We were beaten, left bloody. But many years later, and this was May 1961, the same year that President Barack Obama was born. But many years later, One of the guys that beat us came to my office in Washington. He got the information from a local reporter. He was in his 70s. His son came with him in his 40s. He said, Mr. Lewis, I'm one of the people that beat you, beat your seatmate. I've been a member of the Klan. He said, will you forgive me? I want to apologize. Will you accept my apology? Will you forgive me? His son started crying. He started crying. I said, I forgive you. I accept your apology. They hugged me, I hugged them back, and I cried with them. It is the power of the way of peace The power of love, it is the power of the philosophy and the discipline of nonviolence. We need to create a society where we can be reconciled and lay down the burden of hate, for hate is too heavy a burden to bear. Fifty years ago, the man that I mind, the man that was like a brick brother, Martin Luther King, Jr., was taken from us. When we heard that Dr. King had been assassinated, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, campaigning with Bobby Kennedy. I cried. Stopped crying. And I said to myself, we still have Bobby. Two months later, Bobby Kennedy was gone. And I cried some more. Today we got to get rid of our tears and not be down, and not get lost in a sea of despair. We got to be hopeful, and keep the faith, and turn the ship the state around. We can do it, and we must do it. <clears throat> here, here at Harvard, you've been, been well-trained. You must lead. You must get out there as Dr. King again was there and be a headlight and not a tail light. It's your time, it's your calling. During the 60s, I got arrested a few times, 40 times. (laughs) And since I've been in Congress another five times, And I'm probably going to get arrested again. My philosophy is very simple. When you see something that is not right, not fair, not just, stand up, say something, speak up, and speak out. When I was growing up as a young boy in rural Alabama, 50 miles from Montgomery, I had an aunt by the name of Seneva. And my aunt Seneva lived in a shotgun house. I know here at Harvard, you've never seen a shotgun house. You don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> one way in and one way out. What is a shotgun house? Old house. The dirt yard. And sometime my aunt Seneva would go out on a weekend a Friday or Saturday and take a brush broom made from dark wood branches and sweep this dirt yard very clean. One Saturday afternoon, a few of my brothers and sisters, cousins, about 15 of us young children were playing in her dirt yard. And an unbelievable storm came up. The wind started blowing, the thunder started rolling, and the lightning started flashing. And she told us to come in. We went in. The wind continued to blow. The thunder continued to roll. The lightning continued to flash. And the rain continued to beat on this old tin roof of the shotgun house. And we cried and cried. And when one corner of the old house appeared to be lifting, my aunt had us to walk to that corner, to that side, to try to hold the house down with our bodies. When the other corner appeared to be lifting, had us to walk to that corner. We were little children walking with the wind, but we never, ever left the house. So I said to you, each and every one of us, the wind may blow, the thunder may roll, the lightning may fall, Flash, and the rain may beat down on our old house. Call it the house of Harvard. Call it the house of Cambridge. Call it a house of Boston. Call the house of Washington or Alabama or Georgia. We all live in the same house. We all must hold a little trembling house down. So I said to you, Walk with the wind and let the spirit of history be your guide. Thank you very much.